One of the coolest things about the Lord and about the church broadly is you're never going to reach the end of mm. all the practices that you can explore. There's always more. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Kent Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, vice president for innovation. And we're excited to introduce our guest for today's show, Dr. Megan Griffin. Dr. Griffin serves as SCU's provost, chief academic officer. Before her time at SCU, she served in extension campuses at Palm Beach Atlantic University and as a faculty member and department chair in Florida's public state college system for six years. Megan, it is an honor to have you join us on the podcast it today. It is so good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's just uh, the home folks here today having having a great conversation. I want to start out by talking about your position here at yeah. SEU. You're now provost. You're in what, your third third year We're as provost? There, yep. Yeah, you and you ensure that all all academic resources and collegiate objectives align. Every single one. That's right, Every, sir. Yeah. All of them. All, all of them. All the academics. Uh, sure. Align with the university's mission, vision, and strategic plan. In, in what ways do you find uh, inspiration in your role? Does your does your faith guide your approach to leadership in the academic sphere? Absolutely, and that's easy here. Um, because faith is so integrated to everything we do at SEU. But when you mentioned sort of my background, I haven't always been at Christian institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that hasn't always been easy when you're working in higher ed. So I spent six years at one of the state colleges uh, in Florida, and that was tougher there um, because I would feel often a dissonance between, you know, faith I was living at home or with my family and what we were doing in this in the state college, but here I don't have any dissonance. So, so yeah, some days have challenges, and some days are tough, and some days you know there's there's moments that that are challenging. But all you have to do is step out of your office and go talk to a student or a right. faculty member, and that's all the inspiration you need. I mean, we're here to help students discover and develop their divine design. That's all the inspiration you would need. So it's easy. It's easy because that's what our mission is. Yeah, and what I love about it is it, we, it's all centered around calling, right? Helping Absolutely. students discover their calling, helping our faculty. Tell us a little yep. bit about what calling means to you and how do you integrate that in how you lead. Listen, I, what, whatever job you have, whatever industry you work in, um, there will be times that you are challenged in what you're doing. And sometimes those challenges are just circumstances you face in your role. Sometimes they're, I mean, you guys live this. I know because I'm mm-hmm. in it with you. But sometimes it's external pressures you face. Um, I've, I've seen you in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're pressed and you're pressured. And it, it is you and your faith. And that's really what's left. And right. Sometimes it's challenges from your your colleagues, or sometimes it's it can be anything. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you and the Lord, and you have to come back to this question of, all right, Lord, what are you asking of me in this moment? Um, what is it again that you've asked me to do here? And if you can just kind of get centered on the answer to that question, mm-hmm. everything else is clear. So that's the sense of calling that sort of makes everything else kind of fade mm-hmm. away. If you can get clear on that, everything else is easy. So, so for me, that's confidence in your calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real quiet place to be, um, just you and the Lord, uh, that question alone. 
and if if you're clear there, everything else is simple. And what yeah. I love about you in the in the, your leadership is you. Uh, a lot of people may not know this, but you have a. Uh, you're in the process. I think it's like a, a certification of spiritual direction, yeah. right? I don't whatever. I don't know the exact nomenclature. Um, and you're working with Ruth Haley Barton, That's right? right? Yeah. At this point, so, so when you're working with students and trying to help them discover this calling, are there some practices or some ways? How do you think about that? What are some of the ways oh you gosh, guys discover that? There's so many practices. So. You know, all of us come from some sort of faith history, even if it's no faith history, right? Mm -hmm. So my one of the interesting things about my family is, you know, Church of the Brethren on one side, Catholic on the other. I grew up in a Presbyterian church, and then an Assembly of God church, and then a Baptist church. So there's like a whole mix of practices. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's got some sort of history like that, um, a tradition. One of the coolest things about the Lord and about the church broadly is you're never going to reach the end of mm. all the practices that you can explore. There's yeah. always more. Right. And there's there's nothing wrong with like kind of exploring what some of those traditions offer. Um, and so for me, the Transforming Center is, uh, it's a community of contemplative practices. Um, and I'm the only Pentecostal there. Like I'm the only one. <laughs> and every time I'm there, I feel like there's this, I've got to take this practice of just sort of holding in a little Mm. bit um and there's practices like um lectio divina and Mm. there's um centering prayer which Mm. requires a lot of focus and quietness which is hard for me it's a lot easier for me to be expressive Mm -hmm. um there's practices of spiritual direction and there's practices of breath prayer and i mean there's so many there's probably Mm -hmm. 20 and they're not all on the tip of my tongue but like Praying the scriptures, finding yourself in scripture, um, uh, the liturgical calendar, and using that. There's just so many. Mm. And maybe not all are meaningful all of the time. Mm. You can pick them up. You can put them down. There's no pressure. You don't have to do them. Yeah. Um, and I find that very useful yeah. uh, because no one's going to tell you you have to. They're just all things that are resources available to you in this kingdom life. And just different ways to experience the Lord and to know him. And um, to just have a little different pace and rhythm of life. And I also think it's a way that, um, you know, we all have our preferences. And so if you have a a type of community that you like being a part of, I think one of the things we can ask of ourselves is, do I know the Lord well enough that I can step into a different type of community and Mm. and sense and experience and know him there too? I think that's a good thing to ask of yourself. Um, And so, yeah, I really enjoy breaking away from my norm to mm-hmm. get away and be a part of a very different kind of community. Um, one of the rules in that community is you're not allowed to talk about what you do. No one's allowed to, to know like who you are, what your role is. Um, I'm not mom there. Mm-hmm. I'm not Dr. Griffin there. I'm not the provost there. I'm not SEU. I'm not on a leadership team. You know, I'm not from Florida. I, I like nobody knows anything about me. I'm just wow. one more soul, and um, I get to just be a soul in God's presence in that space. And that's it's a relief. Mm. Also, when you're a leader, you know, a lot of the time you are you know ahead right. what an event is going to be. You know ahead what a script is going to say. You know ahead, you know what the goal of a yep. of a service is or you know, what the playlist is or any of that. Like, you know ahead what is going to happen. It's really nice sometimes to step into a space where you have no idea what's Mm going to happen. 
and you just get to be a soul in God's presence. So I would recommend that to anyone. It's so powerful. I mean, a lot of our listeners are in that time frame where they're post-college, maybe their careers didn't quite work out. You know, life is coming at you at 100 miles an hour. Um, and it's so refreshing to just remember that, like, none of those things, the, all of that is external to the soul that's in there. Absolutely. And it's participating in it. What kind of encouragement would you give to students and kind of our listeners in that seems in a life? Well, I mean, I think one of the things I've picked up from that community is, you know, when I was brand new to the role I'm in, I, I don't know where it came from. It was just sort of a sense of knowing that, man, I'd better do this because I think it's protection I need mm-hmm. um, for myself. I just want this for myself just to stay centered. Um, the other thing I would say is um, that if if you have, and we, you know, students, they have talents, they have skills. Mm-hmm. We believe that about all of them. A talented, skilled person who, who doesn't have a deep, rich inner life is a dangerous person. Oh, wow. All of that gifting that you have, mm-hmm. if it's not from a rich place and if it's not submitted to the Lord is a dangerous thing for other people. So you mm-hmm. better learn how right. to keep it anchored to, you know, your source. Otherwise, you're you're more likely to do harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a fulfillment of scripture uh, mm-hmm. that we are to, to model after when you draw near to God, mm-hmm. he draws near to you. Yeah. And it helps you to um, know his will for your life. Yeah. Discover... Um, how he wants to use you, and and it just it's there, there's nothing like it, you know. So I'm grateful that uh, you uh, you have made a commitment to that uh, uh, important issue in our lives to get away and and. And I'll confess, you know, because people, some of the folks who might be listening will know this. My my team knows when about that rhythm is coming. Like they'll say, "Hey, aren't you about to <laughs> for one of those moments?" It's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. We all come back a little bit different when you've had some some of that extended yeah, time with the Lord. Right. right. To, uh, speaking of your calling, I mean, you mm-hmm. are uh, you are a powerful innovator, um, and you have been so innovative here at Southeastern. And of course, in the role that God has placed you in, you have the privilege to lead the academic arena of this university and to be at the forefront of how to shape these amazing students that he sends our way to shape their minds um, so that they can be ready to serve the Lord in, in their calling. Um, and you've developed so many new initiatives. What What is your mindset, your framework uh, as you approach new opportunities? How do, how do you know if they're the right opportunities? How do if you know this is exactly where we need to go? Yeah. Or, I mean, how, how do you approach all of that? I wish I could say that I had like a really structured approach, but the truth is um, it's truly, it just comes from a place of who I think we are um, as an institution. And, and it also comes from sort of a prayer I've been praying for many years, which is, you know, Lord, as an institution, I hope that when when you want something done on earth, that you would look to us to get it done. That if something maybe seems unusual for an institution to do, that you'd you'd bring it to us to see if we could pick it up. Um, and it, like the things that that maybe don't seem predictable or logical or typical, that you'd give us a try. I mean, that we'd be a people willing to do the things that the Lord would like to see done. That's it. It's that simple. And what I've seen happen is that we don't have to strive 
to find the next new curve right. or innovation that the Lord just right. keeps bringing wild things our way. And all we have to do is be ready to say, okay, didn't see that coming. Let's see if the Lord's in this. And then all we have to do is sit with it for a while. And the way we know if the Lord's in this is sit with it long enough and then see if there are, you know, other opportunities that continue coming, that sort of compound. And I often see that happen with, um, you know, we sit with it for a minute and then all of a sudden it, it, it kind of comes up with a partner we already work with and then another one and then another one. And before you know it, there's eight or 10 reasons that we mm-hmm. just know the Lord's hand is in this. Right. And then before you know it, six or seven or eight people on our team are confirming, yep, I see this happening. And, and you have everything you need to start moving on something. And it, I've seen it happen too many times. Right. And it's never because we set out with a perfectly logical plan from the beginning. It's always because we just stayed receptive and listening and open to a move of the Lord. So the questions I always ask are, does it serve the family and the church? It has to be one of those two things. Um, I've always, you know, believed that credit should follow. Um, I think all education is spiritual formation. So, so credit should follow where learning is already happening. Mm. It doesn't do that. And then third, um, is everybody else doing it? If the answer is yes, then it's probably not for us because I do believe that SEU is meant to be doing something that's a little bit on the leading, always on the leading edge of what, where higher ed is going. So for me, I sort of follow that, that sort of process. And it seems to be where the, the Lord continues to, to keep us on the frontier. Now, in your role as provost, and this is something that I want to spend a minute diving into, you know, you get to lead literally some of like the smartest people on the planet. <laughs> I mean, like like subject matter expert people who know things at, at a deep level that have, they've spent their entire lives. And so I think that's a really unique leadership context when you think about it, right? So how do you, how does everything you think about with partnerships and stuff, how does that inform you leading some of the smartest people on the planet? How do you lead that that kind of group of people? What's fun about that question is um, some of the smartest people on the planet I actually think are homeschool moms, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Homeschool moms and professors are, are the two groups, mm-hmm. I would say. So um, I, think, I think it's really fun because... Because leadership is not about knowing knowing what the other person knows. Yeah. It's about working together to achieve a goal, and mm-hmm. you need each other, and it's that simple. So um, a, a lot of the things that we want to accomplish here at SEU are too big, too complex for any one person to do alone, right? So you need mm-hmm. a team. And mm-hmm. so a team means leaning on each other with each other's expertise, and it's that simple. Yeah. So faculty, you're right. They're, they're the smartest people in the world. They have very deep expertise. Um, and it's simply a matter of bringing people with that deep expertise to the table to achieve a, a, a goal um, greater than any of us could accomplish on our own. Mm-hmm. Simple. I love it. Yeah. And when you think about how, how you lead, I mean, the way you lead, um, what I love about it, and the way our team responds, I mean, it's an adventure. Mm. It's an adventure. It you should know? be. And, and it should be. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's always fresh and new. And, and obviously, you're doing that in an academic setting. But when you think about all these wonderful students that are graduating and going out into leadership roles in a variety of contexts, yeah. how can the way you lead in this transfer mm-hmm. to the way they lead in their new sphere of, of uh calling and, and responsibility. I, I just, for me, I don't want to be bored. Like right. we get one life, mm-hmm. but, but we serve a really exciting God. And, 
um, I want to be on an adventure with him. I think that's something that he's promised me and he's promised you and he's promised our, our students. And, and don't you want to be on an adventure yeah. with him? And so I think just taking people with you on that, that adventure. And I think, I think it's okay to give the reason it sounds like that when I say it is because I'm just being honest about what's actually happening. Right. I would be dishonest if I said to the people around me, I have it all figured out. Every single detail is predetermined, and I can tell you exactly what this is going to look like. Have zero worries. Let's go. I'd be lying. They'd know it, and that would be boring for all of us. Right. It's way more honest to say, I have no idea exactly yeah. what this is going to look like, but I know that this is going somewhere bigger than any of us can imagine. I know we can trust someone who's leading us. And I know that this is for a purpose greater than any of us yeah. can imagine. I also know he's brought us together for a purpose. Right. Um, and, and none of us can do it alone. Um, let's get it. Yeah, and people absolutely. are always like, let's go. So I would say to students, it's okay to be honest about what you don't know. Um, and I would also say part of the adventure is the team you go with. So what's required in leadership is bringing a team together that, that the Lord designs, right. not you. Because right. you actually don't know what you need. Right. Um, he does. And so what I am what I love about the team we work with at SEU is the Lord put the team together. Right. Um, we prayed them in, mm -hmm. and I would say to students who are leading, you, you really want to do the same. Mm -hmm. So when you have to make a hire, or you're waiting on a colleague, maybe it's not your hire, pray that person in, because yeah. yeah. the Lord will do yeah. it. And, and you did that with your dean's team. A hundred percent. So talk a little bit about that because, I, I, you know, that you, you practice yeah. what you're talking about. So and you... Seriously. Um, we had, I really still believe this is a once in a, once in an institutional history, once in a career, once in a lifetime kind of moment where at SEU, we were really refreshing the academic leadership team all at once. Mm -hmm. We were bringing in, I think it was six leaders all at one time. And I didn't know who they would be. I just knew what characteristics matter the most here. Right. And um, we really wanted a team that had hunger and capacity for the frontier, who, you know, was okay with ambiguity, who um, met all the CV resume virtues for what a dean does and is, but, but also had a sense of adventure. Mm -hmm. And um, we started, I, I started praying for who they would be. We received a bunch of resumes, and we didn't see him coming. And literally, um, on my knees in my office, because you got to add a little drama in there every now and then. Um, Lord, you got to send these people in. And then I would see, um, you know, one of them send in a resume that said, "Hey, I know I'm a long shot." And I, it came in the middle of the mm -hmm. night. I'm not kidding. I was really agonizing over this because I had already promised everybody yeah, to you, right, right, you we're gonna right. have the best dean's team. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking, oh no, I don't know. <laughs> Um, middle of the night, I got one and it said, I know I'm a long shot, but, and I said, it's him. I oh, knew it. Wow. I knew it when That's I read great. it. Yeah. Um, and he's not only amazing, so is his wife. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, they're both on our team now. And um, I saw it, you know, once you get one, then they start lining up and every single one of them is an answer to prayer. They are better than I could have mm -hmm. imagined. They have yeah. skills I wouldn't have known to ask about. Yeah. I mean, the Lord knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. No, he does. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so fun about trusting in him. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, and then just enjoying the journey. Now he'll but, let you get worried. He wants you dependent oh, on sure, him. Oh, sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. No, he's going to yeah. create opportunities that's to right. uh, make sure that you depend upon <laughs> yep, him. So that is right. That's so important. Let's, uh, 
let's talk a little bit about your educational background. Sure. Uh, how how have your experience? You know, when you look at all your experiences, both public and and then private higher education, um, how have they helped you? You know, as you do what you do. But how, how has it helped shape your, your views on education and leadership, especially with um, whole homeschooling? Because I know sure. that's a significant passion of yours. Right. So when I think about, you know, the kinds of churches I grew up in, it's not that different when I think about education. I grew up in public schools. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to college, I went to a community college. And then I went to a private, small liberal arts college, Rollins College. And then I went to Palm Beach Atlantic for an MBA. And then I went to a big state university for a doctoral degree, UCF. Um, and then working, I worked in um, a community college. And then I worked at Palm Beach Atlantic University. And then I worked in the state. So I feel like I've gone everywhere. Right, I've worked right. everywhere, like mm -hmm. all the types. Um, but it's given me really good perspective. I feel like, you know, been a faculty in all those types of institutions. Um, I think what I came away with all that is I understand, and I know you've got a background, like, like I understand the choices. I think there's benefits to all different types. I, I totally get that. There's no right or wrong. And I think that when I, when I talk about open-handedness, you know, there's good and bad and all those things. Um, what really matters is, you know, being in a place where you can live out your faith, being with faculty who really care about you as a person, who are willing to spend time with you as an individual and develop who you are. Like, and if you can do that in a Christian organization, mm -hmm. all the better. Homeschooling for me was a very personal decision. So in my mind, homeschool parents were the ones who were like, for that was for like perfect families, mm -hmm. perfect kids, perfect moms. And I never really, definitely not, that didn't, like I wasn't in that circle. Um, but when it came time, I was a professor and I love working and I never, I never would have like crossed those two worlds. But then when our daughter, our oldest was five and it was time to enroll her to in school, like something totally unexpected happened and I just couldn't do it. Mm. And so I started talking to my husband Lee and we started asking around and I, I just noticed that some of the families in our church had a different sort of way about them. Mm. They seemed much more relaxed and at ease and just <coughs> calm. And so I started asking those folks what they did for school with their kids. And it turned out all of them, every single family I asked, um, they did Costco conversations at our church. I didn't even know what that was, and I oh. didn't know that our church had it. So my friend Trisha, whose daughter graduated from SEU a couple years ago, said, why don't you come to my house, and I'll tell you all about it. So I sat down with her on her living room floor, floor and I looked at this um, magazine basically and it and it kind of laid out their program and I thought this is a brilliant program mm. I mean it's everything they're doing in high school sounds like what I did in grad school and I was like this is genius like mm. and then I said no one makes a decision that fast I'm going to do a ton of research and I'm going to go visit a bunch of things and long story short my husband and I visited the community I had planned on doing this big research project because that's how I approach decision making mm -hmm. we visit the community we walk out the door and my husband says this is what we're doing and I was like, I didn't even get to like make a presentation <laughs> yet. I knew it too. Um, and I started, we started CC that year. And um, I was a professor at the state college that at that time. I ended up tutoring a class of like eight-year-old boys. I didn't have any eight-year-old boys at that time. Turns out they sword fight with rulers. Didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm, I'm a professor at the state college. 
I'm diving deep into classical education as I'm learning all about this. And as I'm doing that, the dissonance between what I'm doing at the state college and what I'm doing with my family is growing louder and louder. Mm. So I say, I got to get back in Christian higher education. This is feeling very, like I can't keep straddling this fence. And then I heard about, you know, um, this position at this place, SEU. And it was, it was something to do with online programs, which I was doing at the State College, um, classical homeschooling, which I had learned all about with CC, and um, extension sites, which I had done with Palm Beach Atlantic. Now, you find me one other person on the planet who had done all three all of, of those that, things. Right. And mm. I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll consider it. So I ended up coming here to SEU where I got to lead Extension Sites, online programs, and the Classical Conversations Partnership, which has been so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how we ended up in homeschooling. The Lord never told me I had to homeschool. Like, I, I think the Lord knows me so well, because if that had been the... And you'll talk to people mm-hmm. who say, the Lord told me to homeschool. He knows me so well. Because I probably wouldn't respond all that well to you <laughs> mm-hmm. have to. It was more like a, I was driving in my car and I just realized I want to. Right, right. I enjoy my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be around them. I want yeah. to be with them. And I really think this is the best model of mm-hmm. learning. It goes with the human um, stages of development. I understand it's design. The, the, the person who designed the curriculum, Lee Bortons, is an engineer. And what she did was she, she kind of reverse engineered the product you want the outcomes you want to this, like she reverse engineered it and it all made perfect sense. And I'm a professor who sees the outcome. Like I, I can right. see the results because yep. I teach those students and I was just blown away. And um, the parents who use this model, I work with as colleagues and they're brilliant. And anyway, so that's our homeschooling story. My daughter's 13 now and we, we homeschool her with classical conversations now and it and it's possible to do it while you work. So I didn't have to, I, I never was a perfect parent, definitely still not. My kids aren't perfect kids. And I didn't have to stop working in order to do it. It's something that just feels like it's simpler than people think and it just seems to fit easily mm-hmm. with our family. Yeah, I love it. That was probably a longer answer than anyone bargained well, for. And I want to t- I want you to dive in a little bit more about how you're balancing it. I mean, you're homeschooling but you're also a full-time provost. Yeah. How what are the rules? How do you set that up and how, you know, what are some of the systems you've learned So, well, so the way well. we do it is with classical conversations which has a community. So mm-hmm. I don't do it all myself. Um, I also have an awesome spouse and my parents live seven doors down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the answer. Um, and my my daughter's highly independent. Um, and we won't know the results until she's totally grown. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't... <laughs> Jury's I, out. Right. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, we'll see. Um, we go day by day. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea of balance isn't... It's You can't shoot for balance. All mm-hmm. you can shoot for is the grace to do today what the Lord has given you for today. Um, that's, that's the answer. So... Uh, there's no such thing as balance. It's just, here's what the Lord's put in my hands. Do I have the grace today to handle this today? Yes. Okay. Um, is there anything that doesn't fit? No. I mean, mm. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a miracle yeah. every day. I, don't, I have no solutions. That's just the way it works. Yeah. yeah. We're going to move into our fire round. You ready? Yep. I think so. I mean, so. this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to grab a few practical uh, pieces of advice for all of our listeners. So uh, let's begin. We just have three questions and Michael okay. fire away. Awesome. So first question, when you, when you look at the future of higher education, what do you see? What, where do you see it evolving? 
Everything will change. Um, I think we have to be ready for that. Um, all of the, the only thing sacred for education is the relationship between the faculty member and a student. Mm -hmm. So everything other than that, we need to hold loosely. That's what I think. We can expect everything else to change. Mm. How can leaders inspire excellence in their communities? Be excellent. That's mm. the only way. Um, and you need to be really gracious with yourself with what excellence means. Um, Love it. So Last good. question. What do you see coming for Southeastern specifically? So much good. I mean, we're on the frontier. I think that we are going to grow in SU trades. I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of growth coming with farm-based agricultural mm -hmm. engineering programs. I think we're at the frontier of the transfer of generational wealth into Christian families. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a transfer of ownership of businesses, especially around agricultural agriculture and trades um, that we are witnessing and also participating in. So I think there's tons happening on that frontier. I think SEU is continuing to grow nationally and internationally. I think we're a solution to problems, not just um, for higher ed, but for all kinds of industries. I think we have nothing but adventure ahead mm -hmm. as yeah, an institution. Yeah. And we are grateful you're leading, leading the way in that adventure and, and that journey for us. Um, as I tell you often, you're a gift to this university and grateful for what you do and how you've been faithful to to just lean on that journey <laughs> wherever it takes us, you know, and that's exciting. Thank you so much. So thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Grateful for all of the things that you provided, the, the, the wisdom, the insights, your experience for all of our listeners today. If you want to stay up to date with Megan, you can follow her on LinkedIn at Megan Griffin and Instagram at Megan Griffin or yeah, Meg, Meg Griffin. Griffin. Yep. Meg Griffin. I want to make sure I get that correct. Yeah. <laughs> Any other uh, avenues they can follow you? I was just thinking I'm going to have to update my LinkedIn. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Love it. Uh, Love it. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Megan. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on Framework Leadership. If you're watching on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content right into your YouTube feed. You can also check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Ingle at Dr. Michael Steiner or on Twitter and YouTube at Kent Ingle. And hey, if you love great email newsletters, and I know that I do, you want to check out the Framework Leadership Newsletter. Every single Friday drops in great tips to be a better leader, resources, thoughts right into your inbox. Check it out. You can sign up at kentingle.com. Make sure you hop on to there. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Take care, everybody.